You are listening to the Brooks Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooks Snow. You have episode 84, The Law of Creation. There is a great difference between feeling like life is happening to you and life is happening through you. To still a scriptural phrase, one is acting for yourself and the other is being acted upon. What if there was a simple formula in which you could instantly see what side you were on? Today, I am sharing the law of creation. So to be clear, this is much more than a formula. This is a law. It works under every circumstance. And if practiced with intention, it holds the power to radically change your life and every struggle and trial and goal and dream into something amazing. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It's available in Desert Bookstores and online at Amazon.com, filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. Thank you to all of you who have left a review for this podcast or you've taken the time to share it with a friend. Your reviews and your shares, this is what makes this podcast possible. Today's review of the week comes from Gina Flute. She says, The Brooks Snow Podcast has been life-changing for me, as cliche as it sounds. One of the first things learned from Brooke was her meditation course. Powerful and a game changer, because now you are a co-creator with God in your future hopes and heart. Then I explored more podcasts and couldn't get over how every episode was a home run in the sense that she hits on a topic that is raw and real, puts a gospel perspective, and adds an incredibly deep level of understanding with human nature. I've recommended Brooke's podcast to several friends and feel to share her wisdom with the world. I'm so grateful to have come upon her work. Gina, thank you so much for your review. And I find it particularly timely for today's podcast topic. I love how you point out that we are co-creators with God. I truly believe that the more we can come to see ourselves as creators, particularly co-creators, as you mentioned, the more power we have in overcoming trial, as well as achieving our hopes and dreams. We need this perspective now more than ever. Keep up the amazing work you are doing as a creator. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. Your ratings and reviews and your shares is what makes this podcast possible. So thank you for listening and for sharing. Friends, in today's podcast, I am sharing with you one of the most important things I can teach. It is called the law of creation. I teach this in my book and in every course I have created because it is so foundational. So if you're familiar with my work, you have likely heard me teach this several times. But repetition is the mother of all learning. If you've heard me teach this before, I invite you to listen with new ears. And I promise you, you will discover something new. If this is the first time you're learning about the law of creation, then I hope today marks a turning point in how you view yourself and your amazing God-given gift to be a creator of your own life. Yes, you have power to create everything in your life. You have power to create great relationships, achieve your goals, to experience joy and happiness and peace, and to have it happen now. 
And I might add, you have power to create these things despite what is happening in the world around you. We are living in uncertain times. And now more than ever, I believe it is important for us to understand what truly lies in our power to create and experience. We have far more power than the influences of fear and doubt want you to know. So are you ready to learn the law of creation? The law of creation includes three parts. Here they are. What we see, what we say, and what we feel. I'll say that again. What we see, what we say, what we feel. See, say, feel. Those elements create everything in our life. The way you see something influences how you speak about something, which influences how you feel. And how you feel leads to your actions and actions bring results. It is a pattern that creates everything in our life. See, say, feel. Now, it is a bold move to call something a law. This is not a theory. This is not a hypothesis. In science, we define law when results always apply under the same conditions, and it implies a causal relationship between its elements. Most importantly to me, I believe if this is a law, I will also be able to back it up in scripture. I'm going to share with you what I have learned from the scriptures and how you can use these principles to create your life. I'm going to teach you how to co-create those things together with the Lord. I have used the law of creation to create some incredible things in my life. I've used this law to create a book deal and publish my first book. I've used this law to lose 60 pounds. I've used this law to heal relationships in my life, to forgive others and overcome long-held weakness. I have practiced using the law of creation to grow my business, help my parenting, start new habits, strengthen my faith, and improve my health. It works for everything. And the reason it works for everything is because it is God's power. The power to create is God's power. We're going to learn the law of creation through God's story of the creation of the world. Because the truth is, we are all creators. We create the very life we live, and the Lord has commanded us to act for ourselves and not be acted upon. In 2 Nephi chapter 2, we read, Wherefore the Lord God gave unto man that he should act for himself. Wherefore man could not act for himself, save it should be that he was enticed by the one or the other. I speak unto you these things for your profit and learning, for there is a God And he hath created all things, both the heavens and the earth, and all things that in them are, both things to act and things to be acted upon. So what does it mean to act for yourself? And what does it mean to be acted upon? Could it be that acting for yourself means you create for yourself? Could it mean that being acted upon is allowing someone else or something else to create for you. 
The most common experience I have had in my life of being acted upon occurs every day around 5 p.m. <laughs> my kids are hungry. I'm hangry. Little things start to feel really annoying. I'm probably multitasking between making dinner and helping with homework. And then one child will start whining and fighting or making intolerable noise. And I have many times found myself explode in frustration. I may raise my voice or command everyone to stop and be quiet. Many times this is all done in a not so graceful way. <laughs> and I have officially allowed myself to be acted upon. Or maybe you have had the experience of negative thoughts coming into your mind about who you are. Whispers of not being good enough, not being smart enough, pretty enough, talented enough, lovable enough. Have you ever listened to those thoughts and believed them? Have you ever allowed them to affect your mood and how you interact with other people? These two are all moments of being acted upon. Or perhaps you have experienced the effects of tuning into the mind of the world, especially in the past year and the upheaval and the unrest that we have experienced. Watching the news, absorbing the opinions and accusations of other people as we all navigate global and national challenges. Have you ever experienced the influence of being acted upon by these influences? In turn, experiencing fear, doubt, and despair. I invite you to think for a moment of one area of your life that you feel most acted upon right now. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a challenge or a trial. Maybe it's a negative emotion that you feel more often than you'd like. Maybe it's a part of your life that feels stuck in which you aren't making any progress. I invite you to pause for a moment and identify one area that you are being acted upon. Allow this episode to have application right now. What is one area of your life you are being acted upon? We're going to learn right now how you can act for yourself and not be acted upon. How you can create what you want to create. The Lord has sent us here to the earth to learn develop and grow, to learn to be like him, to develop all of his characteristics and attributes. To add to this challenge, we live in a world of opposition where we are constantly enticed by good or evil. In the constant process of choosing between good and evil, we develop our skill to create, even down to the finite detail of choosing how you see what you say and how you feel. It all begins here. Remember, the law of creation includes what you see, what you say, and what you feel. Now, whether you're aware of it or not, you are already using this law. Every single day, you create your life. You create the experiences you're having, the relationships you have, the responses you have to challenges in life around you. You create. And sometimes... We create things in the direction we don't want. We use this law to create negative, and we use this law to create positive. Once you understand this law, you are going to see how it is already working in your life. 
One of my very favorite scripture stories that teaches the difference between creating positive versus creating negative is the story of Nephi and his brothers in the opening chapters of the Book of Mormon. This story takes place about 600 years before Christ in the city of Jerusalem. The prophet Lehi has a dream in which God commands him to flee into the wilderness with his family because he is going to destroy the city. Lehi obeys the Lord, and he and his family leave their home, their fine and precious things, and they embark on an adventurous journey in the wilderness, where eventually they will be led to the promised land across the seas to the American continent. But like all good stories, it's not quite that simple. (laughs) Once in the wilderness, God tells Lehi to send his sons back to Jerusalem to obtain gold plates that contain the record of scripture, as well as their genealogy. His sons return to the city, and after three attempts, they finally obtain the record and come back. As we read about these brothers' adventure to obtain the record, it becomes immediately clear that they are not all united in this mission. Laman and Lemuel, the oldest brothers, are reluctant. They were hesitant to leave Jerusalem the first time, let alone go back and get this record from a man that has armies at his command. They see this mission as an impossible task. They see their father as a visionary man out of touch with reality. The words they speak confirm how they see. They complain. They murmur. They have two failed attempts trying to get the record, and they want to give up. Nephi, their younger brother, has more faith. Before he even left his father in the wilderness, he prayed to know if the words of his father were true. Did God really command them to leave in the wilderness? Did his father really have a dream? Were they really supposed to return and get the plates? God answered his prayer. Nephi could see they were on the Lord's errand. And with faith, he encourages his brothers to try one more time to obtain the plates. Over and over again, with each challenge that arises, there is a pattern in the brothers' behavior. Laman and Lemuel complain and react in anger, doubt, and resistance. Nephi continually goes to the Lord to get more direction, receives ideas, and he sees possibility in his challenges, and he manages to come out on top in every situation. There is so much to love about this story. In the context of acting for yourself versus being acted upon, I find it absolutely fascinating that despite these brothers' differences, they actually have a lot of things in common. Let's explore what is the same. What is the same between Nephi and Laman and Lemuel? What do they all have in common? Well, they all have the same parents. They all grew up in the same household. They all lived in the same city. They all ate the same food. They were all asked to leave their home and travel in the wilderness, leaving their riches and fine things and comfortable life. They all went hungry when Nephi breaks his bow. And they all traveled through the wilderness with its various challenges. On the outside, they had the exact same life. They had the same environment and the exact same circumstances, yet they did not have the same experience. 
They each created their own experience. Nephi acts for himself. He sees different, speaks different, and feels different. Laman and Lemuel are acted upon. They too see different, speak different, and feel different. This story brilliantly teaches us that our circumstances do not matter. They don't. (laughs) No matter what environment we have, what family we have, what job we have, or what events are happening in the world, we always hold the creative power to act for ourselves and create our own experience. Your circumstances don't matter. So what does matter? How we see, what we say, and how we feel. Let's dive right into how the Lord teaches these creation elements in the account of the creation of the world. God shows us this same pattern. To begin, how do you think the Lord uses the element of see in creating the world? Any ideas? Think of the creation story. How does he use this element of see in creating the world? In Moses chapter 3, verse 5, we read, And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For I, the Lord God, created all things of which I have spoken spiritually before they were naturally upon the face of the earth. How do you create something spiritually first? Do we do this when we create? If I'm going to build a home, I need blueprints. I have to create it spiritually first. I have to see it. If I'm going to draw a picture, it's based off an idea or an image that I see in my mind. Always, before we create something physically, we create it spiritually first. In the very least, we see it in our mind and then go forth to make it happen. How about the element of say? How does the Lord use say in creating the world? This part of creation is probably what most of the world is familiar with in this story. And God said, let there be light. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. The power of God's word, what he says, creates. The book of John provides more light on this, saying, In the beginning was the word. What is the word? The word is what is said. The word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So by his word, by what he says, he creates. God speaks, and it is done. So we've seen how he must see. We've seen what he says. Does the element of how he feels play into the creation process? Remember the three elements, see, say, feel. Can you think of anywhere in the creation story where we learn how God feels? Let's read that Genesis account again. What does it say after each thing God creates? And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, 
that it was good. It was good. You find this after every stage of creation. God says it, and it was good. He feels it. Can you think of any other feelings that come from God? 1 John 4.16, God is love. And in Galatians 5.22, we read, But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. These feelings are so much a part of God that He embodies them in His very character. He is a God of love and peace and joy and mercy. It is who He is. We actually know Him for His feelings. Is it any wonder then that His power to create is infinite? So too, when we see and say things that are in alignment with truth and with God, we will feel the feelings of God. And what happens when we feel? Our feelings bring actions and actions bring results. God is the most powerful, perfect example of using this law to create. And we can and must create too. We already use this law. We already do. And just imagine what can happen when we use it on purpose. Look back on that thing that you identified just moments ago, that part of your life where you were feeling acted upon. Can you see in looking at this right now, how you have been creating this experience? How do you see this experience? What is your perspective and point of view? What do you say about this experience? Maybe it's what you say out loud as you talk about it to other people, or maybe it's simply silently. It's a dialogue that goes on in your own mind. What are the words that you use? And finally, how do you feel about this experience? All three of these elements symbiotically work together. The more you talk about something a certain way, the more you're going to see it a certain way. And the more you see it and say it, the more you're going to feel it. And the more you feel it, the more it influences your actions and actions bring results. Here is the law of creation. Now, the best part is, if you don't like what has been created, you can create something new. You can. You simply must learn how to see it in a new way, to talk about it in a new way, which will bring new feelings, which will bring new actions and results. Last week, I talked about confounding languages. We explored how the language we use makes a distinct difference in our experience. I shared my weight loss story about how I was not able to lose weight until I started speaking to myself in love instead of shame. Can you see how language, what we say, is integrated into the law of creation? If we want to create better fruit in our life, we need to speak differently. And if we want to speak differently, then we will be required to see different and feel different. The three elements of creation work together symbiotically and influence each other. And you have power over every single one of them. The past year has been full of global challenges. 
And like me, I am sure that you have seen the many different ways people have chosen to respond to these challenges. Some have chosen to act for themselves. Others have chosen to be acted upon. Maybe you've found yourself doing a little bit of both. (laughs) I know I have. Even within my own circle of family and friends, I have people who claim the past year to be the worst of their entire life and those that claim it to be the best year of their life. No judgment whatsoever for how any one of us has chosen to respond. I simply find it fascinating to see the law of creation in effect. How we see, say, and feel creates our life. This past November, we were blessed to hear President Russell M. Nelson share a message of hope to a world facing great challenge and discouragement. Do you remember what he spoke about and what he invited us to do? He invited us to be grateful, specifically to spend seven days looking for what we are grateful for. Embedded in this invitation is the law of creation. To look for something in your life you are grateful for is changing how you see. He then invited us to share the things we discovered, which changes the words we say. And he promised that looking for gratitude would, and I quote, soothe our feelings. It provides us with a greater perspective on the very purpose and joy of life. At the end of seven days, see if you feel happier and more at peace, close quote. Gratitude is an amazing creation tool. And because God is so merciful, there are actually many, many other creation tools to support us in acting for ourselves by helping us to choose how we see, what we say, and how we feel so we can create all that is good. Today's episode is all about what the law of creation is. Next week, I want to teach you how to use the law of creation more intentionally in your life by sharing some other creation tools. My promise to you, dear friend, is that whatever area of your life you feel acted upon, you hold the power to create something better, something glorious. You are a creator. This is why we're here. God wants us to learn by experience how to choose good over evil. And I would emphasize that this means he desires us to learn to be amazing creators. He wants us to become like him. And he is the master creator. Let us become better and better creators to truly step into our power to co-create together with him all that is glorious and good. Imagine yourself as the powerful creator of your life and look forward with faith. If you loved this episode and you're curious how you can grow as a creator, I'm excited to tell you about my creation coach program. This program only opens once a year and it is a nine month program designed all around the law of creation to help you create good fruit in every part of your life. I have spent two years refining this program with nearly 200 participants and the feedback has been that this program is life-changing. For the first time ever this year, we are excited to also offer a certification option for individuals who desire to coach others in these principles as a certified creation coach. 
Registration will open in two weeks. Until then, I'm just planting the seed in your mind and heart to ponder upon if this is the right fit for you. Pray about it. I'm not going to try to sell you on it or tell you what you should do. I simply want to invite you to figure out for yourself if this is the right fit. I promise more details will come soon. In the meantime, go create something good. I am cheering you on.